everyone, and welcome to Focus Forward, an executive function podcast where we explore the challenges and celebrate the wins you'll experience as you change your life through working on improving your executive function skills. I'm your host, Hannah Choi. In past episodes, I spoke with parents of kiddos who are in coaching now and have made great progress in their own executive function journeys. If you've listened to these episodes already, you'll have heard them share that while it hasn't been an easy or quick journey, the rewards for both their children and themselves have been tremendously life-changing. I really wanted to explore another perspective on the coaching journey, so I reached out to Fran Havard, who is a mom of four kids, two of whom who have executive function challenges. And Fran knows a lot about EF coaching because she is one of Beyond Booksmart's coaches, and she also shares her knowledge with families in the role of coaching coordinator, or as you'll hear her call it, CC, by providing support by answering questions and sharing additional information about the process of change to help families and clients navigate their way through coaching. Fran and I sat down to talk about what she's learned and how she manages all of this. I don't want to give too much away, but as you listen today, you'll hear that recording this episode challenged my attention and cognitive flexibility executive function skills like no other. This episode is authenticity in practice. We are truly keeping it real. Now, on to the show. Hi, Fran. Thank you so much for being here today. Do you want to start off by telling our listeners a little bit about you and your background? Sure. Um, My name is Fran, and I'm a parent first. I joke with a lot of people around me that I wear many hats. So when they're interacting with me, they got to make sure I'm wearing the right hat. So if I go to meetings and I'm in my journalist hat, I have to announce that ahead of time. If I'm in my doctoral classes, I announce that ahead of time. I am parent first, though, for uh, children ages five, eight, um, eight. I think it's about to turn nine, so nine and 10 and 12. I have worked with adolescents most of my life. Um, I coach older adolescents usually, 18, 19, starting college. Um, and, uh, that is my favorite age group to work with. Can you explain a little bit more about the roles that you've played, um, at Beyond Booksmart, just so we can kind of get a little more understanding about your perspective when it comes to executive function challenges? So I play, um, two roles at Beyond Booksmart. One is I work with families as a coaching coordinator. So I sort of a a support with the coaching process, but not in the role of coach. I answer, I you know, explain or narrate the growth process to families. And I, um, you know, celebrate the successes when we've met another part of the change process and we're in a different phase of development. I, you know, communicate what's happening in coaching. I answer questions about, um, you know, if there's resistance to coaching, what that means and how we overcome those hurdles. And I'm also a coach. So I work, um, I'm also living the challenges that our coaches are living with and living the successes that we're seeing through this process. And, and you're also a parent. Do you, like, I know myself being a parent, I, I bring a lot of what I, what I've learned about executive function into my parenting. How Mm -hmm. does, how does um, being a coach and a coaching coordinator affect you as a parent? So actually how I started coaching um, is, is an interesting story. I knew, 
you know, I was a stay at home parent. I had left teaching um, and I was sort of working in virtual ed. And I had a child who was, she was, I didn't know what it was. I'd been in teaching for a decade. She was messy. Everything was messy, like the hair, the books, the backpack, everything was all over the place. And I just started like, I mean, like the emotions, everything was just, and I had an older daughter who was neat and tidy, right? And then the second daughter came along and I couldn't believe how different they were. And I thought, that's strange. So I started like Googling like anything else, just seeking out why is, like literally, why is my kid so messy? And somehow I stumbled across this language called executive function. Um, it was like new at the time. I don't know. It was like, it, it felt like new language that I hadn't even heard as a teacher, as a veteran teacher. And um, so I started to look more about it. And then all of a sudden I hit Beyond Booksmart. And I said, well, you know, at that point, I was not working, but I applied for the job because I thought if I could learn what they're mm. doing and I could try it and maybe I could help this really messy kid I have and um that's how I started beyond book smart and mm. it turned out that I ended up out of four kids two were very messy and <laughs> what I realized the most through asking and you're like your question is what do I learn I learned the language to communicate with them you know that I wouldn't didn't ha- that I wouldn't have had without you know, being an executive function coach, like how to help them reflect on their experiences to help them grow, you know, and, and learn how to listen more to them um, rather than trying to force them into a mold that they, they're, you know, it's like squeezing them, but, you know, you can't put them. I, I've learned how to accept that they're not going to be neat and tidy and that yeah. either I get them to, um, you know, through that messiness, articulate their authentic selves, or, um, you know, I'm forever nagging and yelling at them. And I think executive function coaching, which you think, oh, you must be so perfect and organized to do this mm. job. But, you know, that's how I learned I had ADHD. That's how I learned my children had ADHD. You know, I learned what it was through my interaction with it. It's a learning you know, it's a, it's a different style of learning and being and observing and knowing and we just have to find how you can be that person in another environment that wants you to be a certain way. And then mm-hmm. through reflection, through questioning. And I would say, you know, as a coach and as a parent, that's what I've learned, how to coach my kids. Hmm. Um, is one thing that we hear a lot from parents, and I'm sure you have too, is parents feeling like, like... I didn't know, like, I didn't know what was going on or like, I knew something was off, but I didn't know what it was. Um, and then, you know, like, I wish I had done something differently, or I wish I had found, you know, about executive function, just executive functions earlier. Um, did you go through any of that? Oh, absolutely. It was like, there's this expression, if you can name it, you can tame it. Yes. And I found when I could name those EF executive function areas like, you know, metacognition or planning, prioritizing time management, task initiation, if I could name it, see the strategies that I could bring in. But mm. before I could break it down and see those parts, I just saw a big mess. Once I could name the parts, 
I was able to analyze how those pieces were coming together to create what I was seeing in front of me. And that's knowledge, teacher, every parent, every kid needs to know. Because if you can say task initiation is my struggle right now, I know I don't want to do this, but I'm going to give myself a five minute goal to get over this hurdle. You will find that they are the awareness to know what their drag is, use that tool to get through it. And then it's not failure. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love executive function coaching because these messy kids meet failure again and again, because mm-hmm. they don't know how to name the pieces. So it just seems like a giant mess. And if anything that I've learned from working this job, it's like, it's a, and I always say this with clients, it's a constant unraveling, like this braid on the back of your head and you're pulling apart the strands and you're rebraiding it Mm. so that it's, you know, how they want it braided, but it has shape, it has definition Mm -hmm. and the parts are recognizable. Mm, I love that. So um, when you're working with families and you're working with the, the, you know, so say the child is in coaching and the child has, you know, been identified as someone who is not like fitting in uh, to the mold. I mean, really, they are, they, ha- they just haven't found the strategies that work for them to fit into society as it is. Um, you know, I'm sure there's like a world somewhere <laughs> where messy people would just be like embraced and welcomed. In their messy world, right? Did yeah. Where's right. the children's book writer that has that messy character? It's like his blob of color on like, the page. What, you know oh, the Mr. I'm just, Sunshine guy? He's got Mr. Oh, messy yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Right, right. That Mr. Messy is my favorite character of all because it's like, just like, what is it? It's like, I wish I had a piece of paper, but it's like this big scribble guy walking around with yeah. eyes. <laughs> I think I remember that. a lot of my daughter, you know? Yeah. We use that metaphor. We use that. You know, I use that with her so that she laughs about it because, and you gotta, you gotta have laughter, right? Yes. Um, speak, I don't know if you can hear it, but there's some kind of here, loud noise. Someone serenading me? What's happening out there? <laughs> I don't know. They're there's like a loud drill or a saw like people don't you realize i'm recording that- right now <laughs> i thought that was a song i was like kids playing an instrument out the window no it's the neighbors <laughs> <laughs> okay a big part of parenting at least i know for me and many of my friends is this guilt that we that we feel Regardless, like regardless of what the topic is, what area of life it is, we're bound to like find some, you know, something that we fault ourselves for. Do you, does that come up in your conversations with parents? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important that, you know, me having had the experience of not knowing what was happening, having that experience where I was yelling at my kid, you know, to get them to put their shoes on. Um, or find their backpack or wonder why one morning she grabs a backpack, puts it on her back and gets ready for school. And it's not even her backpack or, you know, I've had those experiences where you can't understand why they just don't get it. So for me to have made changes to my own behavior, such as this is your hook, this is your backpack for me to have made changes to how I parent and my ex expectations for her and how I could better support her and the the youngest son um, made a world of difference on conflict in the house. So whenever Mm. I work with parents, 
I, there's some part of the conversation that I'm listening to what they're saying. I'm hearing that your son is not filling out a Google calendar. But what I'm saying to you is, what can we do to sort of support that process? How can we help? Because telling my daughter to pick up her backpack and put it on her back doesn't mean she's going to know which backpack. And so just because your son has a Google calendar, how can we increase the our interest in it, make it engagement, you know, engage with that tool as a family? And I feel like a lot of my experience as a CC is translating that. Um, I know for myself, like my son is very um, forgetful. He's he's very much like me. And so um, so every morning uh, it would it was this constant thing of me saying, like, did you get this? Did you get that? Did you get this? Did you get that? And I'm like, what are you doing, Hannah? You need to you need to approach this like a coach. So we made right. a list and we have a list on the door that goes out to the we leave from our garage. So there's a door you know that goes out there. And, and so there's a list on there. And he's gotten so good every morning. He stands there in front of it. And he's 10 and um, he stands there in front of it and reads everything off and then oop, scampers off to get the one thing that he forgot. And it and it's totally taken the stress out of the mornings for us. It's, it's yeah, removed. Absolutely. It's taken the pressure off of me. It's removed that from my role, which is great for him and for our relationship. Exactly. Because it gives them, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Cause there's this tool that I used with one of my children. I just started using an app where so one of my clients actually showed me this. They said they, they use this little character and you set goals for yourself and you design your character and you set goals like brush your teeth in the morning, make sure your math homework is packed, wear underwear. Because right? you know, if you're a parent of kids with executive function issues, like the first thing you're like is, did you put the underwear on? You know, <laughs> yeah. because that step they miss. So like we have tags like that on this app. And then they he comes in the morning and he'll slide that he did these things. And then the character will get moving. And the character goes on an adventure and you don't know this adventure. It's just this little penguin walking. And and when you do more, it shortens the journey. So they, he will come home from school and he'll pick up his iPad to look at his penguin and what the penguin found on the journey, because it's usually a four hour journey or a five. He'll might find coconut milk somewhere and you'd be like, my found coconut milk. And I'll be like, that's amazing. But it all stems from him having done those acts. Having done the things. And that's yeah. tied to the metaphor of task initiation, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. Um, we will include more about that app in the show notes if anybody wants um, to get any of that. So if any, any of our listeners hear this noise in the background, um, the house next to me is apparently undergoing some kind of alteration. There's some kind of wild saw or drill or something going on. So my apologies. I'm a little bit nervous the... about the timber part when whatever yeah, they're right? sawing falls down. I know. Okay. They obviously do not see the big red record sign that I have, that I should have up. <laughs> something that I write about a lot and I, I struggle with myself a lot is this expectation that just because we are executive function coaches, um, we, we kind of put this pressure on ourselves like, oh, maybe we're also supposed to be excellent in all of our executive functions. And I think executive function coaches are such great examples of how no one on this earth has perfect executive functions. And so where, um, what, what areas do you have to work on and what, um, what you know, challenges it's funny do you find? because when I think about executive functioning, 
coach or just having strong executive function, it doesn't always have to look neat and tidy. Like I have a friend who is, oh, I mean, counters are sparkling. Everything is white. She's got three kids, right? Everything's still white. Even with the three kids running around the house, everything has a container. I'll never be that person. So what executive function skills look like for me are not what they look like for other people. And for me, it's become like, it's about knowing how to prioritize what's important. That's strong executive. You know how many projects we deal with every day when we sit down? If you have four kids, three of those kids are classified special ed. I mean, that alone is a bucket. That alone is a task list. How I think in those terms, you know, I think I have to do X, Y, and Z. My house does not look perfect. My purse, I I haven't carried one in a very long time because I I lose it, you know, like, but what I've gotten really good at is thinking in categories and then subcategorizing. And I can, you know, I've gotten good at a planner or, you know, things like things like that. Um when it comes to executive function. But, and that's what I say, like we have this image of what's perfect, what has very strong executive function skills. And if there's like anything that I've learned as a coach and as a parent, there's no perfect. Mm -hmm. There's no perfect. If you can figure out like, you know, this is all about the change process. If you can figure out what you want to change and own that and want that, and that's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. And that is the hardest part of executive functioning as a, you know, strength, it's most people that are good at it, either a going through the motions or B, they know what they want. And that that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the difference. So, you know, if my friend has a perfect pristine house, she prioritizes that executive function area. Right. I don't, I I mean, I, I literally went to bed last night with dishes in the sink. My friend would have a mini heart attack if that happened. Like she, she says and understand she, I called her once and I was like, what color should I paint these cabinets? And she's like, I can't watch that video. I was like, why can't you watch the video? She goes, you left all your cabinet doors open. Who leaves their <laughs> cabinet doors open? You know, like for her executive function coaching is everything. Neat type. <laughs> oh my God. I seriously I know, think there's someone. So, you're holding it's it together really well. bad. Also, there's like someone here. <laughs> Notice, I feel like you're doing great. But I'm like trying. I'm like, I'm, I can tell there's a lot happening. There's like someone in my, my husband is working from home as well. But, okay. Well, hey, you know what? We said we were going to go into this being really authentic. Well, listeners, I am treating you to authenticity today. Welcome to my life. <laughs> well, Hannah, you know, executive function coaching is a lot about how you respond to things, right? It is. It get really through is. It. Yes, I'm just going to get through it and I'm going to just love it. And I'm just so happy that I'm talking to you. So you can go through this with me. <laughs> so, something, so, two things that I wanted to talk about. Um, one is you said something um, earlier about comparison. And I feel like that comes up a lot. We have these um, assumptions in our head about how we are, are, um, or our children are like supposed to be and how other, like other 
kids um other are like our friends kids are a certain way and we think, oh like my kids are supposed to be that way um and and i think that i'm I wouldn't be surprised if many of the parents of, of kiddos that are going through executive function coaching are feeling this way. And um, it's just so important to recognize that everyone has strengths, everyone has challenges. Your kid is not the same as, as someone else's kid. You are not the same. There's going to be things about your kid that are, you know, that they're better at something than someone else's kid. And I don't know, that's just something that comes up a lot. I've noticed in conversations with friends and just conversations with other coaches and parents, that comparison is uh, is tempting to go down that road. And it's can be a little dicey if you do. Well, I find that I have to fight that as both a coaching coordinator and as a parent, um, this idea of what's right. Um, fix my kit. You know, this is not what coaching is about. I always find I have a, a definite focus on what's your authentic self? Because these kids have learning differences. And it's, it's not so much that they have learning differences. How they engage and see the world is different. That's why the result, what you see on the other side, is different. Because the kids that we work with, the ADHD kids and other learning difference kids don't see the same world. And I have to temper the expectation right away that that's a beautiful thing. They will never see the same world that X sees or Y sees. They see, they interact in a very unique way. And that is something to celebrate. And so I had a line with parents that is where I go. Allowing parents to understand that it is okay that your child engages in a different way with the world. Congratulations. You've birthed an individual with a unique perspective on the world. Yes. Well done for cultivating that through their early childhood. Well done for keeping that special bit of them right through you know, school. And yeah, they might not have straight A's in high school, but we'll help them find a way to be successful. Oh, you're giving me the chills. You know what I mean? Like, yes. It's so, it's so true. It's so, um, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of my adult clients and I were having a similar conversation. Um, he was recently diagnosed with ADHD and he um, did a project for grad school where um, they interviewed educators and just people from all different aspects of education and about how so, um, so many people don't fit into this, you know, the, the mold of, of education, um, as it is today of most schools. And, um, and then we were saying that, but it's the people who don't fit in that are the ones that, you know, can really end up making change. And it's the people that are different, that see the world in a different way. And that, you know, that, that interpret the world in a different way is, they're the ones that keep things interesting and, and keep us on our toes. And we need more people that think that way. And, no, and I, in, I, in, in order for them to reach their goals, yeah, they need to develop some executive function strategies that support the areas that, that make it maybe make it hard for them to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I, I, the other day, a little, I was in my son's third grade classroom 
and we were doing a word search. And like, I've always been a sort of outside the box thinker. And it, I took the word search and I started doing it with his class. And then I turned the paper to the side because for me to look at letters, you know, turned around, I can all of a sudden see a pattern that I didn't see before. And I, and I, all of a sudden, everybody sitting at my son's table turned their paper to the side because they had never thought. And I thought, and I always think when I work with kids who are, you know, have learning differences, they always have their paper to the side. They always see things a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. 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 I was talking with someone. She was, I can't remember who it was, but she was saying, you know, like if you walk into um, a special education classroom in an elementary school, you might see someone like lying on the floor and doing their work or, yeah. you know, someone, um, you know, using um, some kind of manipulative or, you know, sitting in some kind of unique chair or something. And said, that's what we need in every classroom. Like it, it should be just sort of accepted and standard. Some people work on the floor. Some people yeah. hold their papers to the side. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I love about coaching is helping people find what works for them. And I always say, like, I'm going to make this suggestion, but I don't want you to think, oh, I have to do it this way. Like, I, I want you to say, like, I want you to tell me when it doesn't work. I want you to tell me what you didn't like about it. I always start my question. Okay, you tried this. What did you not like about it? Because you know, yeah. that's, it's super valuable, it's really valuable information. I'm sure that you've had conversations with parents when they say it feels like it's taking a long time because um, a, a common thing that we talk about with clients all the time, I'm sure you've talked about it with your clients and I know it comes up a lot is like how long it takes to make change. I mean, there's thousands of books on, you know, developing new habits. There's, you know, podcasts and executive function coaches and everything. And it just takes a long time. Um, what do you, how do you, um, how do you help parents understand that? And how do you yourself manage it when, when either one of your clients is taking a long time or if you're taking a long time or one of your kids? Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you have to get underneath. You got to get underneath the resistance to change. So you remember we, we learned a lot about friction when we, that, when we read the article as a, and you have to understand as a parent, as a coach, what's creating that friction, that resistance to change. And I think a lot about problem solving in those terms now, because change is slow because of this friction. And then when you look at like a kid who's, you know, 17 in pre-contemplation, which is there, they don't even realize they have to change. They're so over it. They're so detached. And how to bring them to that line, that takes a long time. A lot of relationship building and a lot of making that child feel like they can be successful. And then the more that you can reshape that perception they have of themselves so that they can see I'm a person capable of doing good things. I'm a person capable of having a conversation then you get the wheel starts to spin. So you have less of that, you know, that friction and you have more of, that's what we're going for, the snowball. Where one good idea feeds another good idea. It takes, it takes a lot of verbal unpacking. We have to change the narrative inside the head. And when we do that, then change is quicker. Mm-hmm. But and if that, that friction causes that slowness then um, causes the rate of change to slow down, 
like we we use physics as a we use Newton's law of motion in this company and beyond book smart to talk about you know force and and change and the process um it's not always the carrot i'll give you this and you'll do it right that's artificial we've learned as coaches that that doesn't work mm -hmm. what works is how we change this mm -hmm. yep and so much of that is confidence, right? The how you mm -hmm. were saying, like, like if if you are at the point where you've, like, say you've been labeled something, you know, you've been labeled, um, you know, disorganized, or you you just have the messages that have been given to you growing up is that you are incapable of doing this thing in a way that people like, and so your confidence has been eroded, um, and so. I imagine that a lot of the friction that we um, that we do experience is um, is not necessarily being able to believe that we could change. Right. That's exactly it. This is me. Take it or leave it. That's pre contemplation. This is yeah. who I am. I'm yeah. not capable of change. Right. Yeah. And that mindset. That's what you're working with. That's what you're changing. You're, mm -hmm. You are, you know, Emily Dickinson, hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul. Like you are giving them that hope that perches in the soul and then grows so that they can feel that they are more than this label. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it can be hard. It can be hard waiting for someone to, you know, or walking along. It can be hard because is... there's a lot of conflicting messages and it makes you think I need to fix everything. And that's mm. why, that's why the executive function piece is so great because it's about the parts, right? Yeah. What are we going to fix mm -hmm. this week? We're going to fix, we're going to try to, and see if we're ready to fix task initiation. We're going to try by, by getting over this hurdle of going to the gym or dealing with my physics teacher or writing this English assignment, Hannah, you know, writing for me is, you know, where my energy mostly lies when it comes to executive function coaching and getting a kid over that hurdle of you write the first sentence, then that's huge. We can get the first sentence written, you know, if we can isolate those parts, then we're not taking on everything. And then those mm -hmm. quick wins, those small successes that you're feeling, I wrote a sentence great. You weren't, or, you had yeah. nothing before that. Mm -hmm. and that's or success. I opened the doc. Yeah. I opened Sometimes the doc. it's just open the, opening the doc. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I, I think that um, as an outsider, as an observer of someone um, who struggles, like you said, you can, you find yourself saying like, why can't they just da 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 um, breaking it down like that so small into such small tiny little goals can be challenging for the observer because they it's you know we just don't understand um but for the person who is learning better strategies to support themselves that's the key and that's kind of why it takes so long right it's to unravel a mess so they can see what they want to work on yeah so they can and realize it it's not really a mess. It's just a beautiful bunch of parts looking different. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. Not how you would necessarily want to see it or not how they feel that they should show it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me? 
why don't you tell us a little bit about how starting this podcast challenged your EF skills? Mm, oh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> that is a great question. As you know, I really love to write. Um, if uh, writer, if listeners don't know, I write um, quite a bit for Beyond Booksmart um, internally, mostly internally. And um, so I was super excited about doing this because I knew that I was going to be able to write a lot. Um, but that also meant I had to be extremely organized. Um, we have a lot of working parts. We have um, <clears throat> the audio, the writing, um, the planning. There are so many executive functions that are tied up with planning a podcast. Um, so I would say for me, mostly it has been task initiation, getting myself to make sure that I do the things that I need to do because there's a lot of things on the list, um, writing everything down. Absolutely. So I don't forget. And, mm -hmm. um, organization, keeping it all organized. So, yeah. But and it's forward it, it was, thinking, what are you going to do next? Yeah. Right. Right. And cognitive flexibility. That's right. Next steps is the most mm -hmm. important executive function skill you could have. It is. Yeah. So next steps is um, we, we end every meeting with a next steps. Uh, you know, what are we all going to do next? Um, I end every writing session. If I sit down to write, I end every single writing session with what's next. Um, I think, yeah. oh. I think if I were to give one tip to anyone in the world, it would yeah. be to use next steps. What is your next step? When you stop doing the thing, what is your next step? saves a whole bunch of heartache when you can't remember yes, what you were going to do. Get, what you're going to do, like you get off a podcast, most people get up, they chuck their stuff, they go upstairs and drink a cup of coffee. If you sit there for 30 seconds and take a yep. quick note, you saved all those ideas flooding your brain. It's like it's a yep. time window. You got to grab it. Yeah, it's so true. And a, a huge thing that I talk a lot about with my clients is front loading and doing as much as you can up front to save yourself a whole bunch of grief later on. And um, and that is for me, too, is that like you were saying earlier too, the whole reflection piece, like quick, like if you do our little reflection session after anything that you've just done, then mm -hmm. you are front loading a whole bunch of work for next time. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like a it's like a flood after you're in one of these, and you just gotta gotta get it down, gotta capture it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, thank you, Hannah. Oh, so thank fun. you, Fran. I really I hope that our listeners can hear can hear everything. And that's our show for today. I really hope that you found something useful in today's episode, and maybe you even had a little chuckle listening to our attempts to maintain focus while the house next door was attacked with a power tool. Here at Focus Forward, we aim to bring you authentic stories and give you opportunities to learn and also be entertained. So hopefully today's episode did just that. I'm so glad you're here and you took time out of your day to listen. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode on our website and subscribe to the podcast at beyondbooksmart.com slash podcast. We send out an email after every episode with links to resources and tools we mentioned. Thanks for listening.